Alright, hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers Rescue Bots podcast, for the first part of our exciting two-part season finale. I'm Rob. I'm special returning guest, Jen. And you can call me Roy Fokker. I'm (laughs) David. Are you gonna die? We don't need that. No, I I don't know how to I do not know how to make pineapple salad. Uh, spoilers. That's fair. Spoilers for anyone who might want to get you to make pineapple salad. The, the spoilers for a really old anime we're going to be talking about later in this episode. Anyway, this week, yes, uh, this is the uh, this is the twenty fifth episode of the season three of Rescue Boss, the seventy seventh. Episode overall, it is now and then. Uh, first air and there, where and why? Yeah, well, it is paired with the next episode, which is today and forever. Um, Surprisingly, not actually a time travel episode. It is not. I assumed there would be some time travel involved, yeah. but there is none. It's a travel episode, but not a time well, travel traveling. episode. D- time is involved, I suppose, but. Isn't time involved with every episode? Well, yes, but in a more related way. Wait, wait, okay. In a more general yeah. sense. I mean, it is the fire in which we all burn. This is true. <laughs> this is this is true and accurate. Truer words have never been said by a villain in a Star Trek movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this was this was written by Greg Johnson, a frequent Rescue Bots uh, writer. Last wrote the an episode that did involve time travel, uh, Phantom of the Sea. Ooh. The one with the ghost ship where I sung a bunch of Celine Dion. Yes. <laughs> Near, far, wherever you yes. are. And we open with Dateline. Griffin Rock, 75 years ago. Oh yeah, I thought we were watching an episode of Clone Wars. What the hell? Yeah, it, it opens so like, I, uh, like Citizen Kane. I like that you immediately know that High Tide will show up in this episode at some point because this announcer is extremely Michael Bell. Yes, he is. Uh, yeah, it's like, oh, we're gonna see High Tide at some point. <laughs> yeah, I, I that or uh, I don't know. This this newsreel was recorded by Duke. <laughs> maybe, maybe it was. That's old. I don't want to think about how old that was now. Yes. And of course, brought to you by Lusky's Hair Tonic, a full head of hair for your full time man. Oh, which just just adds so much more weird huckster depth to Mayor Lusky. It's good. I mean, I I guess that you know his like his his, his, his grandfather for, his fortune as mayor. You know, his campaign was financed by like the hair tonic fortune. <laughs> yeah. So that's why he's got to wear the toupee. Like, he can't just acknowledge the baldness because he's got that family fortune, that, that reputation yes. to uphold. What, it just went into my brain, like, oh, maybe the hair tonic made it so hereditary that they go bald really early. <laughs> Oops, mutated them. Yeah. I thought it never worked, and uh, his ancestor is also wearing a piece. Also entirely possible. Yeah, I couldn't really tell because we only see it for a little bit. Well, you see, it was a lot harder to tell back when uh, they didn't have color film. Uh, yes. Yes. Anyway, we're, we're covering the, uh, the the 
the bearing of a time capsule beneath the statue of Horace Burns 75 years ago. And notably in attendance, we see Elma Hendrickson, who uh, has been, we saw way back when, as one of the first scientists in Griffin Rock. And uh, also in that crowd is old, is old Dr. Morocco. Yay! Yeah, wasn't she like the first head of the island science council or something? Something like that. Uh, let's see if I can find her. She was Griffin Rock's first female scientist. Oh. Uh, back in 1939. Ooh, impressive. Long Trailblazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, voiced by frequent uh, guest Kath Susie. Though she doesn't really say any... I guess she does say something in a flashback later. So. Yes. Yeah. And we, we saw her we back get- in the, the time travel episode. One of the time a travel episodes. A lot of our special <laughs> guest voices show up again here. It's, Indeed it's they like do. It's like they... Uh, they looked they at how here. much... Yeah. Well, they looked at how much budget they had left over for the season, and they were like, yeah, let's uh, let's bring everybody back. We got enough. It's like when you use up all your vacation time at the end of the year. Yes, it's a lot like that. So then we cut to the modern day, where new footage is being filmed of... Uh, uh, specifically, it is Cody in front of the camera, and Frankie, complete with Kiki director beret who is putting together a film for what will be the excavation of this time capsule. Yeah. But, of course... Which the, seems to be for a school project. Probably. Of course, the bots keep coming into frame, so they... Uh, Blades wants to help. <laughs> and Boulder wants to give everyone hugs. Yes. And Heatwave is just kind of cranky that they still have to pretend to be bleep-bloop robots. Yeah. Even after everything they've done for the community. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're going to do some Vox Populi interviews, which uh, they need uh, the chief's help for. But he is currently busy uh, because he and uh, the doc are diamond shopping. Yeah, the old fashioned way, underground. Yes, because the doc the is way- going to. <laughs> The, the ethical way. The way that, that you can verify yes. that there were no slave diamonds involved. That's right. And a, 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 I don't know that there are any diamond mines in Maine, oh, exactly. Shoot, I meant to look that up. Yeah, gem mines, <laughs> I I remember vaguely looking up in, like, in the New England area, and there aren't... I really doubt diamonds. There might be... Gosh, like silver mines? There was garnet or something. There was, there was some quote-unquote lesser gemstone that you could find in, in on the East Coast, but diamonds, no. no. They tend the not to sounds fake detector went off in your head. Yes. Now, there there are diamond mines in Canada. Oh. Okay. On the East Coast? or, uh, or Northern Canada. Northern. So, uh, probably hmm. closest to Maine you get is Northern Quebec. Hmm. Wait, actually, well... well. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, the, the the doc is going to uh, propose at last to uh, Professor Anna Baranova, uh, frequent, who is uh, you know sort of a, a a recurring character. Yes, uh, you may recall she's that she's the one is... who they they found in a uh, underwater lab 
for years, yeah, which she would then stuck. all by herself. Oh, uh, stuck in the biodome for twenty eight years. Yes, quick, very quick update. It turned up very quickly. There have been a couple diamond mines in the U.S., uh, like Wyoming, Michigan, Arkansas. Yeah. Arkansas might be the only one that is still active, but apparently there was one in New York, which is mm. hand wavy close enough to Maine that huh. maybe, although being on an island is still weird. that's close enough. Well, and also, as we're going to find out later in this episode, Griffin Rock is a geograph is geologically ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. As it turns out. So yeah, they uh, so yeah they they're spelunking in this uh, old diamond mine, and uh, you know, of course, uh, you know, the gra- there's a cave in. They, they plunge in. Chase has to save them. And uh, and the, and the doc does indeed find a diamond, but he also finds uh, what I believe is kryptonite. Yeah, if it, like at first <laughs> I thought, oh, we're gonna have more energon, but it is big and green and kryptonite, and well, in a, in a couple minutes it's going to fly. So <laughs> yeah, it is reactaline. Sure, which is a which, uh, which sure it which, is. Yeah, we get more made up. I mean, I would say we get more made up elements and and minerals in this show. But that is Transformers tradition. I mean, Reactaline was definitely uh, my, my uh, anti-acne medication of choice in high school. <laughs> no, I, it, it doesn't exist. So, so yeah, he, they find a, a huge chunk of this. So they are going to uh, they decide to take it home, and of course, of course no good can come of this. No. As you, you're scientists, of course you're going to do that because it seems that there are veins of it all running all over the entire island. Which I guess oh. no one noticed until now. Sure, they're always finding out all sorts of weird stuff about this island. Well, they, there is a pre-existing chunk that they discuss. Yes, so they found it. They just didn't know it was. Lit, like spider webbed all over the aisle. Yes, they got veins, big kryptonite veins everywhere. So, so, so meanwhile, uh, the firehouse has been besieged by the the citizens of Griffin Rock because they all want their crap in the in the uh, new time capsule. Yes, everybody wants their favorite weird little dumb thing in the time capsule. Yes. Everyone. It's, uh, it's like that episode of uh, Parks and Rec where Will Forte chains himself to the Parks Department radiator so that they mm. put uh, the Twilight books in uh, in the time capsule. <laughs> also, sure. Huxley Prescott seems really like, he's like, and, and why does Chief Burns get to decide? <laughs> And he sounds. It sounds like this is a personal grievance that he's dealing with here. What? Presumably because he thinks he deserves to be the one to choose. Of course. Yes, I'm sure he has some ridiculous thing he wants to put in there, and the chief told he, him no. And he gets to decide what the news is. Yeah. We're better than the voice of the people, Huxley Prescott. Yeah. Exactly. 
but yeah, everybody wants their stuff in. Uh, the uh, you know they they kind of try and keep everybody out, and of course the uh, the crew has their own uh, thoughts on what they would like in there, including uh, including Danny, who has a stuffed animal she wants in there. Yes, a very well loved stuffed animal. Yes, uh, Graham wants his uh, his tablet in there, which I would think he would want to use. Uh, Blades wants his scoop claw in there. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, it, it, it's such a thing like it's a dumb shit that always comes up in sitcoms. People will always want to put their most treasured possessions that they would never seem to want to give up in a time capsule that no one will see for decades. Yes. What? Scoop claw is your most precious item, Blades. What the fuck? You, I mean, you I, need maybe that, you just Blades. make yourself another scoop claw. Yeah. I was Although, I, was I don't know. I kind of feel like, like this is a scrounge situation. Like, not my precious scoop claw. There is only one <laughs> like it. <laughs> yeah. I don't think there's only one. I mean, there is now. Yeah, but at least with a tablet, it's like, oh, I got a new tablet. Let's put my old one in it. And, of course, Boulder put, also put wants paper. to put one of his paintings in there. Teddy bear. Which, of course. That's actually a good choice. Yes. <laughs> that's like the only one that I see and don't saw in this episode. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Boulder is a very good boy in what he gets to be in of this episode. <laughs> yeah, well, there, there's so many characters and so much going on that, yeah, yes. it's, it's fighting for space. And meanwhile, there's a uh, there's a storm coming. <laughs> So you know what There's we should do is experiment on things. Real, uh, real, real nor'easter coming in. <laughs> well, and, and it's here we find out that another character is coming in because uh, our old uh, Uncle Woodrow, Yay! Mark Hamill himself, is uh, dropping by. Yay! All the guest cast, everybody. Oh man, you get a paycheck, and you get a paycheck, and you get a paycheck. Good old Uncle Woodrow. Uh, which now means that there are two people from Rescue Bots on the Mandalorian. Oh. <laughs> Uh, because that uh, uh, that robot in uh, in the last episode was uh, voiced by uh, Parvesh China uh, Blades. Oh, which Sweet. like the episode that's out now? Are you spoiling me? Yes, oh, it's spoilers. That there is a robot in it. That's okay. That there's a robot in Star Wars. Spoiler. That's fine. <laughs> I I will accept. It that. is not a robot we are familiar with. Okay. But he sounds like Blades. Aww, yeah, that's exciting. I'm actually, that is something that I'm glad to know ahead of time. I don't mind yeah. casting, especially because if it's voice casting, I'm just going to spend the whole time thinking, Where are they? Is that them? Yeah. So it's good to know ahead of time that, yes, that's them. So I don't have to pull, pause it and then pull up IMDb on my phone and then click away from like a dozen banner ads blocking everything I'm trying to look up and yeah. Uh. The, inter the internet is unusable. Well, there are mm -hmm. parts of it that are still usable. You just have to find them, like TF Wiki. But every other wiki, yeah, no. I thought maybe yes. Lacey Shelby had shown up as, like, I don't know, part of Bo Katan's posse. <laughs> that would be great. She's uh, she's got to stop trying to make Beskar happen. <laughs> Anyway, we... Oh, no, oh my no, god, Star Wars Mean Girls! <laughs> I would love that! Anyway, we have, we have entered a golden age of shows about Pedro Pascal escorting magical children. <laughs> yes. Right, so meanwhile, Doc and Frankie are doing science stuff to this big chunk of reactaline. During... With the storm coming in, which is absolutely the best yes. time 
to do science experiments. Well, he found a new thing. He has to play with the new thing. I guess. I guess that's true. And we we see a bunch of... He's examining with a tablet. A bunch of lights on that tablet go red. That's when you stop doing things to it. Yeah. Yeah, that's when you stop doing science and maybe, like, hunker down for a bit. But instead, it gets super magnetized and just goes flying out the window. They break more windows that way. <laughs> That's it. I shall become giant glowing rock man. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not glowing that brightly, but it is a big green rock the size of um, four corgis <laughs> flying <laughs> through the air. Listen, it's a it's it's a a large boulder the size of a small boulder. <laughs> It weighs as much as two elephants. That was so good. <laughs> no, but the new thing is like measuring things in corgis that I saw. Like asteroids. Oh, okay. It's weird. Americans will, do, <laughs> Americans will do anything not to use the metric system. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I think it was like four corgis. It's like, yeah, that sounds like a cubic meter, guys. <laughs> like one cubic meter, literally. What the fuck? Uh, so of course you know the rescue team has to be deployed it it, it nearly destroys a blimp <laughs> yeah uh, but instead Oops. it just crashes into the museum smacks into this uh, statue uh, which is also carved out of reactoline and also accidentally activates the holographic Chester A. Arthur <laughs> yes it is a statue Oops. carved in the shape of a griffin naturally so, you know, please state the nature of the Chester A. Arthur emergency. <laughs> yeah, we haven't... Have we, I don't think we've seen them, him this season. We have not seen him for a while. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was very active in the first season and mm. in the beginning of the second, I think. They haven't been in the museum much this season. No. Uh, yeah, the last time was when uh, Dog was stealing a bone. And oh, okay. Well, I'll... All right, although that, I don't know that we saw Chester A. Arthur that time. We just saw the, the snooty, vaguely European... Th- that was just uh, a paleontology wing of... It yes. may have been a separate museum. Oh, oh they should have... We should have had Chester A. Arthur. Yeah. And so, meanwhile, Woodrow Burns is headed to the island on the SS Close Encounter. <laughs> sure. <laughs> this is a man who owns every episode of In Search Of on DVD. He does. He absolutely does. I love Uncle Woodrow so much. Uh, he should have been like humming the ballad of Bilbo Baggins or something. <laughs> such a such a disaster. Such a wonderful disaster of a person. Well, indeed, it pr- it's probably is a bad idea to fall asleep on the boat that you're driving. <laughs> yes. Or steering. Like, I realize that you, you just sort of point it in the right direction and you're good to go for a little while, but it sounds like, especially if they're this close to the island, he probably should have been. Yeah, that close to land, awake. it's not a great idea. Have some coffee, buddy. Also, I don't know, check the weather reports, Woodrow. Yes, that too. <laughs> because he is indeed, indeed, his boat is sunk and he starts heading down to Davy Jones's locker with it. It's pretty dire. It's, uh, yes, it's actually pretty dire. He's but taking luck- the last train to Clarksville. <laughs> oh no! Uh, taking the last train to Davy Jones's locker. Well, the, the, well, you said Davy <laughs> Jones. I, I I did a monkeys joke. Oh, I, I get. Who's in the monkeys? <laughs> He's the lead singer. 
But luckily, he is not the only special guest star on this episode, because he is prompt, no. promptly wakes up on the deck of a ship that also houses a race car, a garbage truck, and no people. Yes. <laughs> and they start, the, the Autobots present start discussing amongst themselves how they are going to explain why they they are a race car, a trash truck, and no people. Told you we should have stuffed them in a light bulb. No, we couldn't do that. There wasn't time. But the high tide is all, eh, it's fine. Humans are stupid. He's not going to figure it out. <laughs> That's very high tide. Yeah, humans are dumb. I mean, well, that is also very Transformers in general. Yes, but Woodrow, yeah. although he may be a, a known kook, he is no dummy. And he pretty quickly figures out that there are Autobot symbols on these vehicles. Yes. And so he asks Salvage, hey, are you guys from Cybertron? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I do really like that. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying. He's trying to keep that cover intact. Oh, Salvage is the best. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, they're also off to see this time capsule being opened because Optimus Prime said that it would be a good idea for them to see some uh, human uh, cultural events. Also, we get another instance here of them almost, but not quite, saying something about someone being dead because I, I believe it's High Tide who is saying it's a good thing we we came along or you'd have been, and Uncle Woodrow says, late to Griffin Rock. <laughs> yeah, late indeed. Whoa. I feel like this might be, like, discussions that have actually had to be had with the writers, so I'm, I'm enjoying picking up on these times that they managed to just barely avoid saying something that is not appropriate for the age group. <laughs> uh, don't mind the big rumble there. I think we're getting Thunder Snow. Oh! <gasps> I want Thunder Snow! Uh, yeah, I'm supposed to be... Well, I... I I think it was supposed to start at like four or five o'clock that I was supposed to get something, but there hasn't been anything yet. The the, like, the weather I, pattern that feels like it should be uh, announced by ACDC. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, somebody's got. I did done not a buy a Subaru Thunder so I could not have snow this winter. It's, it's <laughs> very frustrating. It's like a husky. Anyway, so we we finally uh, you know we're. But it turns out they are indeed going to be pretty late because they're doing this thing a little early because it the weather is real bad. So the mayor decides, now we're just going to crack this thing open and then we can send everybody home. So they open it up and inside is nothing but a giant blue mysterious crystal. Like a, a human-sized crystal. Like it yes. is a big crystal. Yeah, as big as a it's a lot of crystal. Yes, it, it's like the size of six corgis. Like, the, the, the shockers on this oh, thing okay. must be unbelievable. But it, it's weird that, like, first we have a green crystal, then a blue crystal. Well, there's four more colored crystals that are going to show up, and something weird is going to happen here. <laughs> there's a lot of minerals. There's a lot of minerals going on here. Uh, they not the, rocks, Marie. <laughs> so there, there is a note inside. And uh, it, it is from Dr. Hendrickson. See, it's, it's, it turns out there was initially a bunch of, you know, historical crap in here. But also, I, was, I, became, pretty, I became convinced that one of my colleagues was secretly evil. And so I, I decided to put this gigantic quantum crystal in here so that it didn't fall into, this, into the wrong hands. Hopefully he doesn't have, like... I can't like, imagine where she would have gotten that idea. 
Yes. Hopefully he doesn't have, like, a device that makes him immortal or anything. <laughs> yes. It, and could, I'm sure it's fine. Like, tra- end up traveling through time and could wait to dig this up or dig it up on his own, but that never came up. Yes, it, this is a Dr. Morocco episode without Dr. Morocco. Yes. It, well, it is maybe I the- think the... The idea is that she wanted to hide it before he found out it existed. Yes. Well, so I don't think it's so much that she was... Well, okay. Mm. So, well, he, pre- he probably knew it existed, he just didn't know what it was at the time. Mm-hmm. Like, she's got a thing. I want the thing. I'm sure she he's forgotten thing. a lot of things. Oh, the thing that is That happens when you live a long time. I mean, she really lucked out that he was sent into the future to future France in, uh, yes. like, five episodes ago. Yes. Yeah. Like, thank you, time-traveling Jules Verne. Yes. He has been rehabilitated by time-travel shenanigans. You, you really saved my bacon here, or I would look like a real dope. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, and of course, the townsfolk immediately panic because this thing could be dangerous. And, and also them, because they wanted to see cool things. Yes. I mean, I don't know. I would argue that a giant crystal is cool. Well, they don't oh, seem like- to think so, even though they're residents of Griffin Rock. And you would think they would be <laughs> marginally more interested in scientific things than most people. But no, they <laughs> but- they wanted some junk. It, 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 in, a, in a way, it feels weird, like, after all the things that have happened at unveilings of various things in this town, this is the one time when they see weird time rock and lightning and go, oh, shit, we should run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you all call this is a quantum crystal, which you saw in the previous episode, Road Trip, uh, used for teleportation. Yes. And there was a small crystal and limited transportation distance. Yes. Whereas this thing could teleport a whole lot of stuff. I yes. like that they see this, and there's a storm, and they're like, oh no, we gotta do something. If it gets struck by lightning, and then guess what happens? <laughs> yeah, we have to get off the... A bunch of them get onto boats, including the mayor, who boards the floating Xanadu. Of course. Which we haven't seen in a while. Speaking of Citizen Kane. Yes. <laughs> Good old Mayor Lasky. So yeah, Storm, you know, they're trying to we're trying to get this crystal out of here. It gets hit by lightning, falls into a pit where into the pit where it hits a seam of reactaline and then the entire island is teleported away. Yeah, because the reactaline takes the properties of whatever it's hit with like magnetism earlier. Now you have a time crystal. So you've converted the entire island into a time machine. Or space time folding machine. Well, space machine? What the fuck? Oh my goodness. We get a space fold. Anyway. Yes. Jen, uh, it is time to discuss old anime. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds like there's puffing going on. Yes, there, there is indeed puffing going, going on. on. I do not know why. He's been outside. <laughs> and he's been fed. Thundersnow. I too would be He's concerned confused. about the thundersnow. Your, your snow of thunder scares and confuses me. <laughs> Aww, anyway, so, uh, so, so now I assume that this discussion about anime will later be cut up and merged with another discussion about anime. <laughs> yes. uh, well, clips of it might end up in a second discussion about a sister series that was by the same production committee but isn't actually related. Anyway, yes, uh, Jen. 
Yes. Before so, I go so deep. at this point, the island of Griffin Rock pulls a Macross, and the entire island is fortunate. Okay, so it's teleported to a a place that is inhospitable, but not quite as inhospitable as the far edge of the solar system. New Jersey. So- <laughs> yes, on the other side of Jupiter. But the the same effect happens in that you you have an island. An entire city, well, it's a smaller city here, it's not Macross City on an island somewhere, but it ends up in a place that is very cold, and it gets covered in snow. That is, yeah, not where it's It's just meant to be. Just in this case, it ends up in the Arctic, with polar bears staring at it confusedly, it doesn't end up on the other side of Jupiter, and all the water around it freezes and kills most of the people that were in the city. I, I would just like to say that I appreciate, someone as someone but. who uh, enjoys some some Simon Furman comics, where occasionally there would be the the Earth Force base that was up near in in towards the Arctic, at least maybe in the Arctic, hmm. and the establishing shots would would frequently have a polar bear because Simon Furman just likes polar bears, <laughs> and and so I appreciate you have an establishing shot because. The name Arctic means bears. <laughs> yes. And Antarctic means no bears. Anti-bear. No bear. So if there's an establishing shot of an icy wasteland, but there's a polar bear, you know which icy wasteland it is. That's right. <laughs> but uh, but also, I just like how often that was used in, in uh, Earth Force stories in Marvel <laughs> yep. UK. It is kind of shocking. Well, I guess it, it does follow your basic folding space stuff that, hey, it forms a big bubble, pops out of existence, water rushes into the hole. Well, Meanwhile, it- <laughs> island pops out somewhere else floating in space. Although in this case of space, it's like a couple hundred feet off the ice. Yes. Not in deep space. Not in like, was it past Pluto or was it just near Pluto? I thought, oh, I can't remember. It was like just past Jupiter or Pluto. I forget which It was planet. way the heck out there. I want to say yeah. it was Pluto. Maybe um, it was Pluto. It's just that, like, Jupiter happens so fucking often in anime, my brain might just be defaulting to, oh, it was Jupiter. So, well, I've, I've also only seen it as Robotech, so it's possible that also something was changed at some point. But I've but seen yeah. it both. I just don't remember. <laughs> So uh, in that case, they had to rescue what people they could and bring them onto the ship and then rebuild the town in the ship. And that's why this military space vessel had, like, a civilian population. Uh, In the case of this, like I said, the the island just ends up in the Arctic, which is inhospitable, and that will drive the rest of the plot, uh, but is at least not space. (laughs) There's no giant tuna. Come on. Just floating right, okay, by the you're, window. You're right. It was Pluto. It was Pluto, but they were aiming for the moon. Yes, they they were not. It was way too effective. Yes. Uh, that's that's a pretty big miss. They overshot just a little bit. With alien tech, it's the first time they were using it. Okay. So maybe you would think that. I mean, I realize the circumstances were such that they could not test it under better conditions, but you would think you would not yeah. want to have. Because the in re, the city's there because in rebuilding this crashed spaceship, that's like all the support that 
the the people needed for that. So that's why there were all these yeah, civilians the sh- there. Th- it crashed on a Griffin Rock-sized island, <laughs> and then yes. the city just built up around it as they were rebuilding it, and then ended up in deep space. <laughs> That's what happens when you live next to a giant crashed alien spaceship that humans are insisting on trying to rebuild and get operational again. Yes. <laughs> so, yes, when this happened in this episode, I was immediately like, hey, it pulled a Macross. <laughs> and then, of course, it destroys the... Uh, the fleet of escape ships uh, that are that are around this dude. There's water rushing in, and uh, luckily, High Tide drops in to rescue everybody. Uh, the mayor insists that uh, he be rescued first, and Huxley Prescott is all, Mayor of what? <laughs> yes. Also, I like that Huxley is trying to swim, but also, like, he won't let go of his mic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he won't He's put down his mic enough to help him swim. I'm bored. So, so yeah, Griffin Rock and everybody on it are now in the Arctic. The quantum crystal is shattered, so they can't even use it to teleport themselves back home. Hmm. And also, uh, it being the Arctic and all, it's also very cold. It's extremely cold, and people are gonna... I mean, they're from Maine, so you would assume they would have pretty decent winter gear, but... I guess they didn't have... They spent enough on all the guest characters, all the guest voices, that they didn't have enough to draw everybody new models in winter gear. Yes. Yeah, put them in parkas and then break out all the kerosene lamps. Mm. So so instead, we're going to have to get under the dome, as seen in No Place Like Dome. Yay, (laughs) it's time for some more dome! More callbacks. Well, the the dome's been mentioned a few other times, but they haven't used it again since that episode. Unless I'm forgetting something. So, cut back to the remains of Griffin Rock. Uh, You know, the the, the townspeople being rescued, the floating Xanadu is sunk, and Lusky's all, uh, now I have nothing. Nothing but my trophy wife and my stupid dog. (laughs) Aww. And then, and then Poopsie licks his face. And then Poopsie licks him, his face, and he feels a little better. And also, we're doing the we're doing the fake Pacific Rim music again. Yeah, well, because well, high tide. Yes. So, uh, so back on Griffin Rock, the rescue bots have de-iced the dome generators, and also Chase is wondering if perhaps we should enjoy some winter activities. <laughs> and to which the answer is a resounding no. Aww. Well, they do throw the, snowballs at him, but... Yes, yeah. because as it turns out, we they, we don't have the poor to maintain this dome for long. <laughs> or uh, they're all going to freeze and die. Yeah. So, and that's where the episode ends. That's it. We're all going to freeze might, and die. This might be the most perilous rescue bots yet. It's I, pretty perilous. Yeah. Yes, I mean, when they were sent into the future and it was a grim apocalypse that, <laughs> that was, was weird and threatening to them. This is more threatening to everyone on the island. Yes. It's more widespread peril of death. But, uh, you know, I enjoyed this one. I I, I appreciate that they're, they're bringing in the guest characters, although they're, they're somewhat marginal at the moment. Yeah. 
yeah, there, there, there's a lot of characters, and there's stuff for them to do, but not considering how many, like, bring in Mark Hamill and, and everybody else. It's like, okay, we're busy. And I, I like that we're raising the stakes on this one, but we're not, uh, like, not to a ridiculous degree. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, we're not showing people mm. getting frostbite. Yes. Well, not quite, but but it also it's a season finale two parter. But it in a way it feels weird for it to be this dire in rescue bots, but it it is less dire than the normal Transformers season finale. Well yes, I mean the you know, the the Earth is not about to have the, the robot devil in it awaken. <laughs> yeah, we don't have a Megatron destroying all of space and time. Yes. Not yet. Yeah, not yet. But stay tuned. <laughs> that would Wait, be what? probably not on Rescue Bots. No, probably not on. Rescue I mean, that would be bots. amazing on Rescue Bots if, like, because he never came back in Robots in Disguise. If he showed up on Rescue Bots, oh man, that would that be hilarious. So. That would I mean, be if they, if a they, lot. I mean, they obviously can't do it because he doesn't have the gun mode anymore. If they did a riff on that, like, episode of, or that issue of the Budiansky comics where, he, like, he gets amnesia and, like, Evan and Miles use him to rob a bunch of banks. <laughs> well, also, even if he did have a gun mode, like, I do not think you could have guns in this show at all. You could do Unless they power up and energize stuff. Shockwave, maybe. Yeah, if he didn't shrink down, you could maybe do Shockwave. Yes. Like if he just turned into a gun emplacement. Look out, they've got an upside-down submarine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. That came up somewhere else recently, too. Talking about, I I guess there's like a listing for a Studio Series Megatron or something. And people were debating that whether they would do... Whether you know the the point of the studio series stuff would be lost by doing one that didn't turn into a gun, and so it, it oh. might be some other oh. Megatron. But uh, right. but yeah, that came up the submarine. <laughs> submarine <laughs> definitely not an upside down gun. Oh, I, I think the rumor was. Or the, the logical leap we went to was it's more likely to be Energon Megatron. Oh, that wouldn't be Studio Series, though. What? Wasn't Studio Series is only doing G1 and movie stuff? Yes. And oh, allegedly video game stuff? Oh, right. Oh, yeah, there was a War for Cybertron. Right. Oh. I would like a, a bigger, better version of War for Cybertron Megatron. That one was cool. I mean, that might be what we're getting. Yeah. I, I'd be down with They're that. talking about leader class, which is like, would they want to... Big. In, like, would could they sell a leader class of any other Megatron? But I guess maybe that one. Hmm. Anyway... Well, War for Cybertron would be G1, kind of. Submarine. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, an, an enjoyable first part of this episode. And mm. I believe that now brings us to David's Tokusetsu Corner. Yes. Uh, this week on 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Five Man! Hungry Hero! Hungry, hungry hippo. Hungry. Yeah. 
the monster of the week steals food from kids and, and, and also the big bats because it turns out he's um, a red cockroach who moves really fast because of course he moves fast because he's red and all over town he's oh. stealing things from groceries and noodle shops and fridges and dog bowls etc everything he's I picking up every bit of food to the I point where like realize. the town is starting to starve and, and like even the rangers are starving it's like food can, nobody can have food they're digging it in the ground to, to, to try and get up like weeds they're trying to eat weeds oh there's a pigeon let's eat the pigeon that's like chicken let's eat the oh it flew away <sighs> I didn't realize that insects followed sports car rules no, like char. Paint it. Paint your mobile suit red. It goes faster. Well, Thus, by I mean, talking of course, a mile a minute as quickly as I could in my notes. I mean, of of course, <laughs> mobile suits go faster if you paint them red. But that's that's just science. Yeah, but he's supposed to be a cockroach, but he kind of looks more like a pill bug to me. Ooh. Sort of red curled up thing. I don't know. Like, like tricks? Cockroach. I don't think red. Hmm. Well, I don't think red with pill bug either, but... Or wait, was there a... Re- what? Retrax had a recolor. What color was it? Uh, uh, blue. Red, white, and blue. Oh, it was like blue and silver, yeah. Blue. Oh, right, he was like America color. Yes. <laughs> you could... He made a uh, a convincing head for Fortress Maximus. <laughs> anyway, food's running out. The idea of this monster of the week is, oh, we'll starve the planet by having him eat everything in Japan. There's a subplot about a boy with a camera that his grandfather is trying to take pictures of the monster. Really entirely forgettable, although it's like five minutes of the episode. Uh, the rangers hide inside giant vegetables like melons and onions and things to trick the monster because he's eating all the food. It's like, <laughs> oh, we have these big food. Monster will show up. Monster shows up and then they proceed to fight monster because he's mad. It's like, this food isn't real. It's imitation. I'm hungry. And the idea is because the monster moves very fast and it eats a lot of food. He's a Sonic. He needs chili dogs to keep running. Oh, okay. So eventually he's eating so much food. There's no food. He he starts to slow down and the rangers can kick his butt. And then after shooting him with their robot nanny, he grows big. And and then the they bring out the giant robot and... and the fight's not going entirely good on their side because he's a big, fast bug monster until Yellow takes over piloting and Kung Fu kicks the, the monster of the week until he's dead. The end. The, the day is saved and so is lunch as the rangers are having a nice picnic snack at the end. <laughs> okay. I would, I still, I mean, I guess insects have like shiny carapaces. So that could make them fall under uh, mechanical rules for being red. <laughs> yes. Well, yes. Yeah, because in some later Gundam, there are more bug-like designs, like in um, Victory. I think there's some buggy things in there. Yeah. 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 There are. Beetles. Like, beetle-looking. Mm. Good old beetles. Yeah, they got, like, horn heads. Japan loves beetles. They do. Well, because they can get such big ones... Yeah, they have like giant rhinoceros and stags and stuff. Anyway, I'm done. All right, so that is it for us for this week. We'll be back next week with more Rescue Bots, the final Rescue Bots of the season. The final Rescue Bots of the season. season. We still got one more season to go after this. Oh, I thought. Oh, it's only one? Well, and then many seasons of uh, Rescue Rescue Bots Bots Academy. Academy. (laughs) 
Yes, but Rescue Bots is the series with the most episodes and most seasons of any Transformers show. That's correct. Which is funny because we're just having a conversation on Discord like a couple weeks ago about like under I guess because we were talking about the people who had had children of the appropriate age and how it hadn't really landed with them and mm. but like it it went on forever like it it was mm-hmm. clearly not a failure just for whatever reason I don't know our own friends kids did not seem to connect with it <laughs> all right but of course you can still find us all over there we're on twitter we're on facebook and we have a patreon Yes, we are hosted on iaconunderground.net, where we have the Patreon set up to help with hosting and other expenses. That is at patreon.com slash iaconunderground. Uh, for February, we finally talked about Black Panther Wakanda Forever, uh, and that was that was very fun. Uh, and then for March, we have not, we, we sort of, we're pretty sure we know what we're doing Yes. Yeah, well, we mentioned it at the end of that episode, but yeah, yeah, we were think we know what we're doing unless things change. Well, there was... Mm-hmm. There I was... had a different idea, but, but like, it, it was a different idea that Rob can't find anywhere. It was a different idea that not is not as readily available in Canada as in the U.S., so yeah. we may have to shelve that weird. one for, I don't know, possibly acts of piracy. Appropriate acts of piracy, as it turns out, uh, but... What? I... No, it, it is kind of still in print, but yes. You, you mean, well, I mean, it'll be appropriate acts of piracy, because uh, instead, I believe we'll be talking about detives. Detives and the assassins. <laughs> and we'll also be talking about a bunch of Canadians doing funny accents. Not just me yes. for once. So many, <laughs> so many accents. And it's okay to pick on them, because it's white people accents. So. And I can tell you about how the Cajuns kind of are Canadians. Oh. Well, Yes, that there is that. And will we be talking about the externals? Oh, I, I sure will. <laughs> oh, no. Well, Get no. ready to talk about Gideon and Cruel with a K. Oh, my God. I was. A, a group of, of Marvel characters who always feel like they're a typo to me. I was, I was uh, going through the full New Mutants run on Marvel Unlimited. Uh, up until uh, a couple months ago, and and when I got to Gideon, it was it took all I had to not just move on to the next to just accept that I wasn't finishing this and move on to the next thing. <laughs> wasn't Rob Liefeld okay? Well, we can discuss this in in the episode. We can yes. save it for the Patreon. Wasn't he like eighteen at the time? He was very young. When he started, yes. It's extremely like the kind of thing you get when you let a a basically a child do whatever he feels like. But anyway, yes, we'll see talk also, about... Uh, see also a guy with four arms named Forearm. <laughs> F-O-R-E. Arm. Did eventually get a toy in a weird way. He's no, a Build-A-Fig. He, he got a Marvel Legend. I mean, or a, I, he got oh, a Toy yeah. Biz figure. Oh, yeah. We are going to be talking about so many Toy Biz figures. So many oh, Toy right. Biz I, figures. Toy Biz is like a thing I completely missed out on. Like, that was the era when I was not buying toys. A.K.A. the Beast Wars era. Who wants a Trevor s- Fitzroy, everybody? I had Space <laughs> Cable. I don't know why. I, he was probably on clearance. <laughs> Everyone had to have a cable of some sort. 
It's, it's did, true. Did, could he breathe in space? Well, he had a helmet. Yeah. Oh, then, then he didn't need to breathe in space. No, he, he had oh. a helmet. <laughs> anyway, teams and assassins and the old X-Men cartoon, which is readily available on Disney+. Plus. I know, because I watched through all of it at this point. Same. Yeah, Chunks of it are probably still on YouTube somewhere. I have moved on to X-Men Evolution, and I will just say the second season of that is a struggle. <laughs> I, rem- I remember liking that show generally, but it might have just been like the art direction was really good. There is a, uh, an episode <laughs> involving people coming from Africa that I will just say is... Oh, dear. Maybe could have used oh, hey, one Mac- of those disclaimers at the beginning, but at least it, it had Ooh. Blue Mancuma, so... <laughs> Blue Mancuma made it okay. As the guy oh. from Africa. Did they make him do an accent? Yeah, 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 there's an oh. accent. Yeah, they were oh, they were coming to bring their storm goddess back. Oh. <laughs> anyway. Alright, so, so until next time when we discuss the second part of this season finale two-parter, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm our Star Blazers. Wait, no, that's the wrong show. (laughs) I'm David. Bye. Stage fright, go away. This is my I, big I don't want to day. Well, the Robotech thing didn't have lyrics. Wait, did the Macross have lyrics? When I was in high school, oh, I really I wanted I to have remember. a band so we could do punk covers of Men May songs. <laughs>